Today's scripture, I'm already sweating. Today's scripture comes from Matthew, uh, the 20th chapter, I believe it is verses 14 through 18, and it reads, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And he went away. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. The word of God for the people of God. I had to look back because there's so much more to that scripture. Uh, let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I pray that you would, uh, uh, that you would give us your word, Lord, that it would not be my words that go forth, O oh God, but yours and yours alone, Lord. Pierce our very hearts, Lord. Change our very minds. Uh, help us to be in this moment all that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If there is so much more to this scripture than what I just read, I know uh, quite a few of you probably are still reading because you said that's not the end of the story. Well, the reality of it is it's not the beginning of the story either. So in the interest of time, I, I read a, a small portion, partly because of time and the other part because uh, I didn't want to have to keep doing this as my glasses refocus. But, but as we look at this portion of Scripture, what we find in chapter 24 is that the disciples take Jesus aside and they say, Hey, look, Master, um, what does the end look like and how do we know when it is coming? And Jesus begins to talk about wars and rumors of wars. He begins to talk about how people will be lovers of self. He, he, he admonishes them not to follow after a, a false uh, false, uh, false gods and those that claim to be Christ. But then he gets to chapter 25 and he begins to tell a few parables. He tells the parable of the fig uh, tree where he, he says, hey, you know, when a fig tree begins to get its leaves like this, you know that fruit is soon to come. He, he talks about uh, the, the, the virgins and how they waited until the last, some waited until the very last minute to make sure they were ready. So he, he compels them, he, he talks to them, he tells them that they need to live a life of perpetual readiness, uh, a life that, that, that is always in, 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 in place. We, he then gets to this particular parable, this particular portion of Scripture where he talks about the three servants who have been entrusted with uh, their master's money, for lack of a better, better way to say it, these, these talents, these, these portions of silver. It, it is hard to uh, look at exactly how much this talent is worth. Some would say that, that the talent was worth 6,000 uh, uh, denarii, which is uh, denarii is worth a, a, a day's wages for a regular person. Others would say that this talent was worth what we would call a million dollars. What we do know is that it was worth a lot. We'll just stick at that. But in this particular parable, uh, Jesus begins to tell them that they must be faithful. They must be faithful. They must be faithful. And in the verses uh, after what we read today, it talks about how when he came back, one servant that was given five 
uh, doubled it. One servant that was given two doubled it. But there was that one servant that, that, that decided that the safest thing to do was to keep the initial investment safe. And so he buried it in the ground. And in that port, in that culture, in that time frame, uh, the safest thing you could do with money would be to bury it and to hide it and to hold it there. And so that's what the, this particular servant did. Now, when uh, the master came back, he, he called <laughs> for a, 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 not a reckoning, a um, stewardship report, if you will. He, he came back and asked that, that they would show them what they did, what, what, he, what they were given. And the five said, I doubled it. I, you know, I, I had five, now I have ten. I, I did what you taught me to do, what you told me to do. Here is the increase. The, the one with two said, I also did what you told me to do. I, I didn't have five, but I had two, and I got two more. So here's double, here's four. And the one with the one said, I knew that, that, that you were a hard man. And, you know, I, I didn't want to lose what you gave me, so I buried it. It, it was safe. And here you go. And he said to the two that, that increased, he said, you're, you're good and faithful. And to the one that buried it and kept it and, and kept it safe but did nothing with it, he said that you were slothful and you were lazy. And he took the one that he had gave, given him and gave it to another. After this, Jesus goes on to explain that there will be a point in time where we all have to give an account. And when we come before the master for our accounting, the things that we want to hear said is, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When, 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 when I was in prison and in the hospital, you came to visit me. You showed me compassion. You showed me love. And the disciples said, well, we understand that that, that may be a part of the, the, the assessment, but when would we have ever done those things for you? And he said, that, that, that which you do for the least of these, you have done for me. So let's talk about this. What does this all mean for us? I think there are some very specific things that we can 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 glean from from this particular portion of scripture. I, I think the first thing that we need to look at is the the portion of scripture that we read began with the the statement of uh, to some he gave five, to some he gave two, to some he gave one according to their ability. What we find is that 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 particular master, if you will, knew what his servants were capable of. He knew what was in them. He knew what resources they may have. He knew uh, what they uh, could do if given a certain amount. And although they all didn't get the same thing, they still all had the same call. They still all had the same responsibility. That is to take what was given and multiply it. In this particular portion of scripture, we, we look at it and we find that, that, that the one that had five doubles, the one that has two doubles, the one who has one sticks it in the ground. Because the, 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 the master knew what they were capable of, an expectation was set. The best way I can explain it is, everybody knows my youngest son plays baseball. 
And he went to his pitching instructor, and after about uh, uh, 10 or 15 throws, he pulls him over. He says, Chris, this has been the best uh, pitching practice that we've ever had. What have you been doing differently? And he said, well, my dad told me that I needed to practice every day, and my mom uh, uh, told me that, that I needed to practice every day, so I've been practicing every day. And he said, that seems a little hard, doesn't it? And, and Chris kind of looked at me and looked at him like he wanted to say yes, but he really didn't want to get in trouble. And he said, the thing that you need to understand is your dad knows what's in you. He knows what you're made of. And he knows the greatness that can come out of you if you just do the work. And so, Chris, if you will continue to do what, what, what we have asked you to do, then, then you will continue to get better at the thing that you say that you love. How does that parallel? It parallels because God is saying, I, I am giving you certain talents, certain gifting, certain abilities, and if you will just do what I have called you to do with it, then, then, then there would be an increase, there would be a strengthening, there would be a peace, a joy, there would be a, a fruitfulness in the, the call of your life to go ye therefore, but, but you have to do the work. You can't uh, take it and put it in the ground and just sit on it and expect it to bloom and to blossom and to be all that it's supposed to be. We must live in a perpetual state of ready. We must live in a, a perpetual state of uh, finding our hands to the plow. We must live in a place where our, our, our confession that Jesus is Lord and Savior and our, our, our belief in our heart is illustrated by the work of our hands. I'm not saying that you work to be saved, but I am saying that you work because you are saved, because faith without works is dead. I am saying that, that if God has entrusted you with anything, you can't sit on it. The, the, the thing about it is, is, is simply this. The enemy can't take what God has given you. The enemy cannot stop you from receiving your portion, from receiving your talent, from receiving your resources, from receiving your desire. But what the enemy can do is, is put so much fear around you that your fear paralyzes your faith. And if you allow your fear to paralyze your faith, you will be like that one servant who had exactly what he needed but didn't use it. And the, 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 the fact of the matter is not using what God gave you is just as good as losing what God gave you because it did not do that which it was called to do. We, we talk about seed time and harvest, but if the seed is never planted, if the seed is never watered, if the seed is never nurtured, there is never a plant to harvest from. And so if, if we sit on what God has given us and do nothing with it, then what it really shows is that we don't have the faith that we say that we have, that we don't believe God like we say we believe God. And when people come and look at our lives, they get a false sense of what Jesus really is. This portion of scripture tells us. So in looking at this, there, there's a portion of this that, that I have looked at a million times and not seen something. There, there's a word there that, 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 that is implied, but it is never quite uh, brought out completely. And, and that word is risk and loss. When we read the scripture. Did you notice that they said the one that had five came back with five? With, with ten, he doubled. The one that had two came back with four, he doubled, right? Did it say anywhere in there that they didn't lose at all? 
Did it say anywhere in there that at one point the one that had five went down to one and came back up to ten? The, the, the reality of it is, if anybody has done any stock market or any uh, a thing, we find that there is risk in all investments, no matter how safe they are, unless you bury them and put them in the ground. But what, but, but what we also learn is that in every perceived failure, we find a, a, a win. We, there, there's a saying that say, I never lose, I either win or I learn. So even in the acquisition of knowledge and the acquisition of power and the acquisition of learning how to do a thing, you became, become more uh, able to, 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 to multiply that which you have. And so I would argue that, that, that they didn't just walk in with five and walk out with ten. There was some learning. There was some, some uh, investing. There was some risk. There were some things involved. I didn't ask the person, could I say this, so I, I am not going to mention their name. But... <laughs> But there was an individual that I talked to this week, and they talked about how they would love to be able to speak in front of a lot of people, but they, they didn't know if they were good at that. But what they were good at was interpersonal relationships with small groups. The risk, however, is even in what you're good at and what you like to do, there's still a risk involved because in doing it, you may say something wrong. You may uh, 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 quote a scripture incorrectly. You may uh, cause somebody to think something that isn't 100% true. But what I do know about God is this. If you step in faith and do what God has called you to do, even those places where you slip, even those places where you're not perfect and we're never all perfect, even in those places where things don't turn out like you want them to turn out, God still has the principle that some plants, some water, and he gives the increase. So even in the comfortable place, there's a risk. But if you sit down because you're uncomfortable and never uh, uh, approach the risk with your faith, then, then God will not be able to use your words to bring somebody else into the kingdom when that's the only reason he puts you at the table. This scripture talks about talents. It equates to money. I think I can stand here and you can see me. It equates to money. But I think it's really interesting that they call it a talent because it has to be more than money for us. Because at the end of the age, when we have to give that assessment at the end of the age, when Jesus, uh, when we stand before our Christ, we're not going to say, you know, check this out. I worked all my days and I made a million dollars. Here's your million. Because that's not the measuring rod by which he called us to be. So the question that I have for you today is simply this. When God has placed you in an environment where you are uncomfortable, did you stand and do what he called you to do or did you sit down with God? When God blessed you with your talents, your abilities, your resources, your giftings and placed you in a in a, a, a position where you really could have clothed the naked and fed the hungry, but you just didn't know quite how uh, that would affect you. Did, did you step forward in faith and do what God called you to do, or did you sit down on God? As we wait 
for the for the assured return of our Savior? Are we utilizing the talents and the giftings that He has given us to go ye therefore and make disciples of all people? Or are we sitting on our talents and giftings because we're afraid that we might not do it perfectly, we might not do it right, and and and, and I'm not as good as Brother Kyle is, and I'm not as good as Pastor Elaine is, and I'm not as good as Sister Linda is, and, and, and I don't want to get up and embarrass myself because I'm not as good as them, comparing ourselves to individuals that are not us. If we are wonderfully and fearfully made, then that means that God created us to be the perfect masterpiece of us, given the talents and the giftings that He ordained that we could handle and placed us in the exact positions and places where those talents and those giftings and those resources are needed. And so if we are sitting down on God, what does that say about our faith? If we are sitting down on God, what does that say about our confession? If we are sitting down on God, do we really love Him like we say we do? Are we really following Him like we say we are? Are we really impacting the world like God has called us to impact them? I don't have five talents to give you. I don't have two. So today I'm not handing out things and sending you out into the world and saying, hey, let's see what you come back with next week. But what I do know is this. When God placed you here, he already gave you whatever he saw fit. For you to do what you were called to do. And every day that you open your eyes, you are already sent out to multiply, to feed, to clothe, to love, to give compassion, to be the hands and feet of God. And so I don't need talents to give you today because you already have them. The big question that I want you to take with you when you leave this place. As wonderful as you all are, and I know that you are wonderful, is simply this. Are you moving at God's pace? Or are you sitting in fear? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Simple. It's in the scriptures. Go you therefore, make disciples. How do I do that? I love people. Or are you retreating into your back room? Because you don't want to mess up. Are you living your life according to the spirit of God? Or are you allowing your fear to paralyze your faith? People of God, in this very moment, at this very time, I think what God is saying to all of us is this. I love you. I've given you everything that you need. People are counting on you to utilize your talents. So, so people of God, my children, as God would say, do not. Sit down on me. It is time to work. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.